0: This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian.
1: Okay, hello and welcome to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And on this episode of the podcast, I have somebody that you want to listen to very closely. Um, I have known Brian Smith now for probably eight or nine years. And um, it, it, I, if somebody was to call me and say, hey, Brian, I need somebody to uh, help me grow my business. Um, who would you recommend? Uh, Brian Smith is on the short list of people that I always recommend. Um, this is a guy. He's, he's been there. He's done that. Um, and today, what he does as a senior account executive with Dave Yoho Associates is he has clients that he goes and he works with uh, face-to-face, one-on-one. I'll ask him to tell us more about, about exactly what he does. Um, but but it, it, this is a guy that really understands how to grow home improvement companies. Uh, the topic I'm going to start with with Brian is talking about how you go from a salesperson to a sales manager. That's kind of the main topic that we're going to start with. But before we do that, welcome, Brian. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Awesome. So for those... Uh, For those people that are listening that don't know who you are, um, you have a great story. Can you give everybody kind of the two-minute version of your story? Uh,
2: I'll give it a whirl. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get into the home improvement business at a young age. I was uh, in my early 20s coming out of the alarm business and was interviewed by a legend, Murray Gross. And uh, for those of you who don't know who he is, he was the once the former chairman and CEO of U.S. Remodelers, which was a publicly traded company, or U.S. Home Systems, rather. Uh, and they were bought about five or six years ago by the Home Depot for uh, $100 million or so. But Murray, Murray took me underneath of his wing, and I was exposed to step selling. And that step selling I was exposed to was taught to him by Dave Yoho, uh, the, the president Of Dave Yoho Associates and uh, I was just young enough and dumb enough to decide to listen and follow it and uh, and that really set the foundation for me with that company back at the time it was called facelifters um, I grew in that company into sales management uh, from there into regional management and then from there separating and uh running one of the largest sunroom uh companies in the United States uh, Milani Brothers Sunrooms out of Yorktown Virginia and uh um, i uh, you know I didn't know at the time but we were putting in about 800 sunrooms a year and that was you know four to five times that of what uh somebody else, another company or a single store location was doing at that time and all we did was install that step selling system and then install predictive, proactive sales management that had benchmarks, it had coaching points, it had termination points, it had rules, it had guidelines, it had policies, it had proactive recruiting and training installed, and the next thing you know, we made history. And I've met a a, a lot of great people uh, in this business, one of my best friends in the whole world. His name was Bill Sherwood, he died 10 years ago, this December from leukemia was just one example of what step selling and step management can do for an individual to turn them from, you know, being an average person on the street, trying to figure out what they're going to do with their life to being ultra successful and making a lot of money, um, and, and doing things more than what they ever dreamed that they can do. That's about as short as I can get it. There's so many So many things and and milestones that happened during that time over the last, you know, uh, uh, 20 years plus uh, that it's hard to fit it into two minutes, Brian.
1: Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what you have been doing um, for, uh, well, as long as I've known you, you've been with Dave Yoho, but you've been there, how long have you been there now? I'm on my 13th year with Dave Yoho Associates yes and you know, now, now,
2: now that an interest it's interesting how we met when uh when i left uh us home systems i left murray gross's company he actually recommended my next stop so i you know I, I, you don't burn any bridges you know as much as you may want to you don't burn any bridges and uh, murray recommended me to milani brothers and ironically Milani brothers was on contract business consulting, contract and training with Dave Yoho associates. And uh, part of that contract was they had an account executive that would come in there on a regular basis every four weeks, like what I do now with my clients. But Dave Yoho would personally come in there every quarter. So every quarter for two years, I, I got one-on-one coaching from Dave Yoho. Wow! Plus every month I got one-on-one coaching from Paul Schneider, who was his senior account executive at the time, and uh, when I left uh, Milani Brothers, <clears throat> I moved on and, and got started in my own business. It was uh, a partnership, and we were in the basement business and Dave called me. I mean the uh, you know be having a partner is, is kind of like uh, being married and so I went into a partnership. I really didn't like my partner uh, when I was involved in it, so we just parted as friends. And that, and I actually went into day trading and uh, real estate. And what happened is the turning point in my life. I had never missed a Dave Yoho seminar since 1993. I missed one. Dave Yoho called me and asked me uh, if I was okay or why wasn't it at a seminar? And I kind of chuckled and said, what, did you need my ticket? And, uh, and he, he said, no, but, uh, I missed you sitting in the front row and I was just making sure you were all right. What are you doing? I told him what I was doing, and he said, no, that's not you. You need to be in the home improvement business. There's something about you. What are you doing Wednesday or whatever it was? I told him nothing. So I met him in Detroit, Michigan, and I watched him conduct what we refer to as a full business overview. Now, what this consists of, Brian, is initially uh, we do a non-disclosure agreement with the business, and then we – ask for an enormous amount of information from sales efficiencies, marketing efficiencies, recruiting practices, recruiting efficiencies, PLs, balance sheet, uh, you name it, we, we ask for it. And we do a review of that prior to physically coming into that location for two days. And when we're on location in two days, we're already loaded to the gill with information on what that company's doing good and what that company's not doing so good because we measure that against pre-established benchmarks that we already have within uh, what we know how a home improvement company should run profitably and what all the percentages should be all the way across the board from front and the back end. And when we come in, we go straight two days boots to the ground and we start installing solutions. And I was able to observe Dave, you know, do this in this business. And he assigned me a couple little tasks in the call center and things like that. And at the end, he said, "Uh, you know, Brian, if you come to work for me, this will be your first annual contract. And that's how it all started 13 years ago. Currently now I, you know, I carry on any given day, six to seven full-time annual contracts, plus speaking engagements, uh, 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 sales training engagements, et cetera, public seminars. And that, that's how it all began. And that's what we do. I mean, we make our business making home improvement businesses better. And you know, you know what the biggest challenge is with that, Brian? Tell me. Getting the owner to buy in. Yeah. You know, they, a lot of the times the, the owner has systems in place that they hold dear to their heart and uh, we can't sugarcoat anything as a consultant uh, or a trainer. We have to call it like we see it, whether it, you know, may hurt somebody's feelings or not, but as long as it's delivered with the solution. Uh, as to why 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 it's not so good. And if you did it this way, here's what you could expect and it will help you get there. Uh, typically it
1: works out. Well, the other thing too, is I think a lot of times the owner gets in their own way by um, with their self-limiting beliefs, with their, um, hey, I want to do it this way, not the proven way. Um, I want to, quote, unquote, try this and try that rather than following a proven system.
0: Builder Prime is changing the game for home improvement contractors. Imagine having everything you need to help your business grow in one place. CRM, estimating marketing automation with SMS, production management software, and now call center dialer integration all wrapped into one easy-to-use package. And it's never been easier to switch CRMs. Hundreds of contractors trust Builder Prime to grow their businesses with powerful reporting tools to see which leads are making money, which sales reps are the top performers, and where to optimize for the greatest impact. We're talking about winning more jobs, boosting productivity, and delighting your customers. Are you ready to fuel your business growth even faster without all the daily frustrations Of your current tech stack, you owe it to yourself, your team and your business to learn why everyone is switching over to Builder Prime. The only true does it all CRM for home improvement contractors. Head over to BuilderPrime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today.
2: It's it's hard to follow a system. It is. Uh, I mean, first of all, you're battling, you're battling what your beliefs are. You're battling what other people are telling you, and especially as an entrepreneur or an owner of a business or a sales manager. We're all operating from past experiences. So when a new idea comes into play, we're measuring that against what we know and what we're being told. And then the forces take over at that point. So uh, in order to do it, you almost have to go on blind faith. I'll tell you a, just a quick story about a client um, where you know they were they were doing about $8 million a year and on their way out of business. And when I, when I went in there uh, and we outlined, I mean, we basically had to change everything. And this was a well-known well company in their marketplace. We had to change everything. And the first uh, generation was still involved in the business, but the second generation was running it. Second generation wanted to make the changes. First generation didn't. So the conversation was, you're going to have to do this or you, you're probably not going to make it. So they, they bought in. And about three months later, the president of that company called me and said, Brian, you know, we're going backwards. Do you promise me this is going to work? And I said, uh, do you promise me you're going to follow everything to the letter? And he said, I'm, I'm doing it because it's going to work. You know, this year they'll do $52 million. And this was eight years ago. Wow. It's eight eight years ago. This year, the, it's all about the system. And, uh, once you see, once you're on a system, then it requires less energy and thought to operate the business, no matter what level you're in, whether you're an installation manager, canvas manager, sales manager, or an owner of a business, it requires less energy because you're operating on a proactive basis versus a reactionary basis. Right. If that makes sense.
1: Absolutely. Well,
2: take in sales manager. Good. Good.
1: No, no, go ahead. This, this is good. It's a good example
2: i was just going to say take sales management for example where are most sales managers promoted from brian uh, from sales people <laughs> exactly it's typically the top salesperson or somebody that has really good sales numbers and and uh, and a lot of times these entrepreneurs they started out as a salesperson right they were knocking on doors they sold a window job or a roof job and then they had to hire somebody to put it in and Uh, then they hired somebody to set leads for them and they would sell it. Next thing, you know, they got a three or $4 million business and they decide, okay, I got to go to the next level. So I'm going to bring a sales manager up. But did the owner ever have sales management training? Did they ever have leadership training? Most of the time? No. No. So they take this salesperson and they put them into this role of sales manager and it's a recruit, hire, train, run leads, go get them tiger mentality and uh, it's a a trial by fire. I went through it. Um, Fortunately, I didn't have to go through it that long. I was promoted to a sales manager at age 21 in the alarm business, and I got no training whatsoever. And I was the number one salesperson, so when I tell this story, I'm talking about myself. And I went in there with my idea of sales management was what I saw on TV. If they don't do what you want, you flip a table and scream at them. If they do what you want, you give them a high five and you forget about all the people in the middle. And so after, you know, countless great people that were hired that were turned over because I failed them, um, I again met met Murray Gross and was taught that there is a system, you know, and sales management is really... It's a very difficult job, but if you balance it right, it's a very rewarding job. First thing I'd have to tell anybody listening to this is, if you want to be a sales manager, there's some characteristics you have to have. You have to get more uh, excited about your team winning and achieving, being successful and making money than you care about getting the accolades and the pat on the back. The team has to come first, no different than a coach for a college football team. The team comes first and the team gets the accolades and then the coach is the the coach. The other characteristic that you have to have is work ethic. Great sales managers do not sit behind the desk 24-7, five days a week with their feet up, barking out orders. They are constantly balancing four things, recruiting training development of their people and themselves and generating revenue through others. And personally, those are the four things. And one of the best articles I ever read on this that was given to me during my development was called management is like a plate. Spinner." You know, the plate spinners at the circus, you know, they got the poles and they put the plates on a Brian and they get them all
1: spinning and they're managing all the, okay,
2: all those plates. So the great plate spinners, Constantly they're hitting those plates as they need them to keep them spinning on those poles. But the minute they set back to enjoy the spectacle, what happens? All the plates come tumbling down. Right. And that's, that's what happens with sales managers. That's the downside of it is I recruit real hard. I train real hard in the classroom and they go out and start selling. And I sit back and enjoy my spectacle of what I created. And in 60 days, it all comes tumbling down and it has to start over again. And that constant grind is what kills the opportunity for uh, somebody to be a great sales manager, somebody to go from salesperson to sales manager. When it's done right, here's what it looks like there's a recruiting plan in place. How many salespeople do I need by the end of the year? And that is, goes, coincides with what marketing's says they can produce you know, on a monthly basis, quarterly, biannually, and annually basis. Then sales management has to take that number and add 20% to it. Because sales management has to be ahead of marketing all of the time. And now people might be scratching their head going, well, what if I don't have enough leads to give the salespeople I hire? Well, here's the first question I need to ask you. On any given day, does every single one of your salespeople Deserve to be running one of your high cost issued leads. On any given day, is there a salesperson that is on vacation or sick or, uh, you know, just not available? See, there's something called capacity. Capacity is the number of open lead slots that you have during the day available to be filled by qualified salespeople. So I look at capacity as a daytime opportunity in this in this business and an evening opportunity. So if my staffing goal is five salespeople, then my capacity for the day is ten. So if I need ten in capacity, one of two available uh, you know, uh, uh, the available time slot for every salesperson during the day. And an available time slot for every salesperson in the evening, I need to overstaff to seven. So I I'm I'm able to choose as the sales manager that I got the top five draft picks on those leads in those time slots every day. So then the question comes, what do you do with the other two? Well, let's assume both of them are available, both of them are trained and ready to go, but the performance just isn't where it needs to be. Why would I want to put them on a time slot that could be worth $2,000 or $4,000? So I might buddy them up with another salesperson, I may take them on a lead myself, or they may be coming into the classroom for retraining and be assigned a homework assignment that night in order to prove to me and to themselves that they're worthy of given that opportunity of that time slot. See, the lead is, the asset. The sales manager manages that asset. Now I wanna I don't want to go too I'd go on in this for hours, yeah. but I just want to simply bring this down, bring this down to an easy way to look at it. We always talk about um, a formula called net sale to lead issued or an efficiency rating. That number <laughs> is how many how many leads are run by a salesperson divided by the number, the sales volume net that they produce uh, over a period of time. So, you know, a salesperson ran 10 leads and they did $40,000 in net sales. They have a $4,000 net sale to lead issued return. Does that make sense the way I explained that, Brian? Yes, absolutely. Okay, right. Now, if it costs a company $200, now I know it's more than actually today, it costs the company on average, fully loaded around 350 bucks to issue one lead. That's the cost of marketing, personnel, overhead, everything, right, to so issue one lead. So every every time slot you have is worth uh, $350 in a cost. So if you have a capacity of five day times, five evenings, or a total of 10, that's, $3,500 that the sales manager is managing in an expense that they have to put the right people in there to generate a return that equals a profit. And in that scenario, most of these companies, they have uh, uh, you know, dreams that they would like to run a fully loaded marketing cost of 10%, when in fact, a lot of times it's double. But we'll use 10 for this example. In order to have a 10% marketing cost, and you got $3,500 worth of cost going out, that means at the end of the day, we need $35,000 in net sales, right? Right. So if you take the NSLI of a sales guy, that means that minimally each salesperson needs to be producing $3,500 in net sales for every lead they run in order to be profitable. So now let's go back to our seven salespeople. You have five people that are producing at $3,500 per issued lead or more, and two salespeople that are producing at say $3,000 or less. That's why I need to be overstaffed. So I can do something with those two that are not producing at profitable levels and give them tools, retraining um, in order to get them there, and measure that over a period of time. Uh, that is you know it's fair. Two weeks to three weeks to four weeks is a is a fair time frame to measure that. And if they can never get to that level, Brian, chances are they're not this isn't a good opportunity for them because if they're not producing at that level, they're probably not making enough money to be happy in the job anyway. So that comes back to spinning these plates. How does the recruiting piece come in? So before I go into the recruiting piece, uh, any, any comments or, or, or layering
1: questions you'd want to go off of that? For the people that are listening to this, um, what I, I know as, as I'm listening to Brian, um, this is complex stuff um, running a home improvement business is not, it's not an easy business. There are a lot of moving parts to a home improvement business. And I just find it fascinating as I'm sitting here listening to you and I've heard you, I've heard you do this for, for eight or nine years. Right. Um, but I'm always fascinated by it because, um, It's really all about the numbers. And we talk on this podcast, we talk a lot about understanding the numbers. Well, you know, for those of you listening, now you know why. Now you know why you have to know your numbers. And I'm not sure. I'm sure NSLI and efficiency rating has come up in a number of other episodes. Um, But I like the way that you discussed NSLI here because, um, you, you know, it's a concrete example. If the lead is 350 bucks, you want to be at 10%, you better go out and sell $35,000. If you've got five guys that have demonstrated that they can take a lead and bring you back $3500, those are the five guys you got to put on the road. You put somebody in there with a $2000 right. $2, on SLI, right? Now you're going to bring in $30,000 that that day. And guess what? You're going to lose money that day. That's right because that $5000
2: it has to come from somewhere,
1: right? And where it comes from
2: is the company's bottom line, right? The sales manager, they are they are in charge of managing, in most
1: cases, the company's largest asset, which is that lead. Yeah. Let's Let's back up because one of the things I really wanted to 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 talk about with you is. Uh, uh, So, you know, a lot of the the people that come into the home improvement space, particular in the replacement space, come from a sales background. In fact, the most successful companies out there are run by people generally that come from the sales or marketing side, not from the production side. However, the challenge that a lot of them have is that they get stuck being a salesperson. And I I always say it, I'm running, to be an effective salesperson in the home improvement business and sell at least a million dollars a year, it's a full-time job. So how do you have a full-time job as a salesperson in your company and also expect to be the person leading that company and running that company and growing that company? That's another full-time job. And so how do you... Go ahead. What were you going to say?
2: I was going to let you finish. It gets me all excited. I'm ready to jump right in and cut you off.
1: (laughs) Well, what I was going to say was, how do you help? How do you help that person who's? Because look, I mean, you get stuck at a million two, a million three, if you're the salesperson in your business. You can't go to three million. You can't go to five million until you replace yourself as a salesperson. How do you do that? That's right. How do you do that? Well I how can do you tell you that, that I did. how do you make that move from salesperson of your company to now the sales manager of your company? All right here here here's
2: the some easy easy steps to it. It's a lot of hard work, but it's a 90 day plan. and uh, with Murray, uh, one of the jobs that I had was opening up new locations. So I'd show up in a new location and there's nothing but uh, a couple of leads, a telephone. And uh, a milk crate to sit on as as we're recruiting. So, number one, it's commitment to the field. Uh, You're you're not going to get off. You're 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 running leads every night, and you're running leads on Saturday, and you're recruiting, and training in the classroom all at the same time for 90 days. You are bell to bell when you're doing it. Depending on your staffing levels, I mean, I'd go in and have to get have six up and running, you know, in say 45 days before going to the next location. So. It's, you have to know how to recruit, it's taking that, uh, putting a plan together, I'm placing that ad, I'm taking these ad calls, I'm going to interview over the phone, I'm going to invite them in for interviews, I'm going to use uh, behavioral profiles, an aptitude evaluations, um, all that stuff, if, if you're not using it and you want to look at uh, some that could help you, there's, there's I mean, there's plenty of them out there. We recommend a couple and they're on DaveYaho.com, you can check them out, but you use these, these tools to help you select the right people. You get them into a training class, and you rehearse with them. You take that person on a lead. You show them exactly how to do it, and you don't let them run a lead until they know how to do it. And once you have those disciplines in, next thing you know, you got, I always looked, this was my model. I want to add one net salesperson per month. That net salesperson is one that will perform at or above minimum performance levels. That means I might have to go through three. And some of them didn't make it through training, some of them got out of training, but they didn't have the work ethic or the discipline to do it. So I hire very slowly, cut my losses very quickly, looking for one net. And at the end of about 90 days, you can have, depending on what your needs are, as a company, anywhere from two to six, Trained salespeople that you
1: now have replaced your personal volume with. Now, now you can spend your time. Go ahead. Well, it, it finish your thought, but I'm a, I want to back up for a second. But finish that thought. Now you can spend your time.
2: <clears throat> now you can spend your time developing those people and adding new, doing rehash, coaching. You know, and there's there's all kinds of books written on coaching. Um, I will tell you that uh, the one minute sales manager was always my favorite book when it comes to basic sales management principles, the one minute sales manager. And, uh, you catch people doing things right. And when you catch them doing something wrong, you tell them exactly what it is that you don't like about what they're doing and then remind them of the good traits that they have. I call that poke and stroke. I'm going to hit you when you're doing something that I don't like, but I'm going to remind you of how great you are at all these other things so that we, that if, You can make the change here. Add this to the great pile. You're
1: going to be a superstar. That's great coaching. Yeah. All right. So let me, I want to back up for a second because you laid out the process of how you do it. Yep. But you, there's one critical piece that you went right over. And it's because it's the piece that you do and you know so well. And that is the system. So regardless of, so one of the things that I see that holds people back from making that move from salesperson to sales manager is that they, so most, most of us that are entrepreneurs or salespeople in some capacity, we have some innate ability to sell. And like for yeah. me, for example, with what I do, me and Addy for the longest time we were the only salespeople. Our problem was we were trying to teach people how to do it the way we did it. And you can't. Yep. It doesn't work that way. You know, Brian, you make a great you make a great point. You cannot teach style.
2: That's you right. can only teach system. Right. So the sales manager now. They have to make a conscious decision to separate their style from system sales. I'm not saying abandon it, separate it. Right. Because when I teach a new salesperson, I'm going to tell them, one of the reasons I hired you, Brian, is because of your style. I like it. You're charismatic. I think people will, you will have no problem building rapport with the customer quickly. So now I want you to take that that you already know and I want you to put it to the side until I tell you to bring it back in. (laughs) And in the meantime, I'm going to teach you some word tracks that I want you to memorize word for word. And once you have these word tracks memorized, then we're going to reach back out and we're going to grab your style and we're going to plug it right into it. Does that make sense? So here's when we do that, That's when you're going to have control. You're going to have selling power and predictability. So the the decision the salesperson has to make is, do I have faith in my trainer? Do I have faith in my manager that he or she knows what they're doing? And the only way that they know that is when you demonstrate it. So I'm going to show you the difference, Brian, during the training. Here are the word tracks. And I deliver them now, I want you to open up your training manual and read them. Did I miss anything now? Let me show you what that looks like with some style
1: added to it that's effective training yeah and and let's be clear too to the listener that in the case that we're in the case that i 'm kind of talking here is sales manager and and if you are the owner, we can almost interchange those two you're the owner building a Absolutely. Sales team. You can't rely on the way that you have sold to now bring in salespeople and try and teach them the way that you do it. You need selling. And and I'm in the same camp as Brian, and most of my – no, every single one of my best clients does some form of step selling because it's a system. It's predictive using your word. You know, you know that, hey, if you run this system, we can count on these results. And if we're not getting these results, then it's a breakdown somewhere in the system itself. It could be you. Right. You mean Your style could be off. You could be off putting and all of that. But generally what happens is you've either changed something in the system or you've left something out of the system. And so I think that that's, it's really important for people to understand that before you can really build the sales team, you have to buy into the fact that, hey, I need a selling system here. And it's more than likely not going to be the selling system that I used to get us to this point in the business as the owner. That's right. That's right.
2: Yeah. And i tell you, one of the hardest things that I had. Uh, was so optimistic early, I'm still optimistic, but I was so optimistic that I thought that I could just make anybody a great salesperson. So even uh, if you know Not they sure. use their style more so than the system, it just, it, it, it cost me money and it cost them money. Here's yeah. the other mistake, is that you hire under duress. I need three people right now. So, you know, the interview process goes by the wayside and you just take anybody and those, anybody may not listen to you, but because you're under duress, then you let them out early and you cannot coach style. You can only coach system. So you let somebody out doing their own thing, running your leads. There's nothing you can do for them. Right. You can't go like on a ride along with them and say, Hey, you did this good. and You didn't do this so good. You need to work on this. Because they're doing their own their own damn thing.
1: Yeah, it amazes me. And that's the hardest part. You know, yeah, it amazes yeah. me how many people do that. It amazes me how many companies will give their leads to their salespeople and their salespeople just they have no idea what their salespeople are doing. Um
2: yep. Brian my, my, I got I got great I got great advice. I wanna throw this in. I know we're we're getting yeah. close on time.
1: Yeah, because I do there's I one took other over, area that I want to go with you. So Hit me okay. with this.
2: I want to teach just a mentality thing here. Just a mentality thing. Let's here. do it. I took over an office in uh, Northern Virginia, and it was—I uh, mean—it was just completely uh, in shambles. And my my uh, regional manager at the time told me he goes, Brian, I want you to get into your head right now that you're not in shambles, you're not behind the eight ball, and you're already doing a million dollars a month. He goes, get there. What did that feel like? So it feels pretty good. He goes, now I want you to stay there and I want you to hire from that powerful position and I want you to train. How good does somebody have to be to be on your $1 million per month team? I said, they got to be great. What do they have to do in training to get out of your training class to take leads on your million dollar team? I said, they need to be perfection. He goes, that's where I want your state of mind. Go make it happen. And guess what happened? Sixty days later. Million, million. million
1: dollars. Wow. That's right. Anyway, I wanted I to get that because it's like mental. That. I love stories like that because it's <laughs> true. That's how yep. it works. That's okay. how it works. All right. So yep. as we wrap up here, I've kept you I've kept you longer than um uh than usual, but I gotta ask you. You deal with and especially over the last, you know, in your entire career, I mean, when you mention uh, a guy named Murray Gross, most people don't know who Murray Gross is. But Murray Gross really built one of the most successful home improvement companies of all time. And this is a guy that that he has you know, sold three of them. Yeah, he he, really, he sold three companies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just one of the most successful people in the in the industry ever. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Seen? What have you seen in all of the entrepreneurs that you've been um, around and with in all of these years? What would you say are the top, you know, two or three things that make them successful in this business?
2: Uh, Discipline, work ethic, and they are students. They want to learn. They're not set in their own ways, drawing the line in the sand, my way or the highway. It is, I want to learn. And uh, there's a saying that I was taught by Murray Gross, too. And he said, when the student is ready, the teacher will arrive. So the entrepreneurs may not know when they're going to catch that gold nugget nugget that takes them to the next level. But they need to be in a learned state 100% of the time so they don't miss
1: it. Love it. Love it. And it's true, I'm absolutely true. You know what I was doing today is we're working on uh, we're working on the the video, the promo video for our event that's going to be in February. And um, one of the things that we're doing is we're putting testimonials in there. And I'm looking through these testimonials, and it's like the people that you would think don't need to go to seminars, that don't need to go <laughs> to workshops, they're the ones that are there. And they're the ones that are like just focused and taking notes and learning, and it doesn't stop. They don't stop. They don't ever. The smartest people, um, the most successful people, they're still going to, to to workshops and to seminars and to whatever you want to call it. You know, they're learning. So I'm really glad you brought that up. And that's what. And really, Brian, that's what this is all about. You know this podcast you've yep. the, the information that you've you've shared with us today is is high level it's really high level but i I hope that for the person that's listening you 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 heard what I heard you gotta be serious to be successful in this business or in any business and um you know Brian laid out for you. What that looks like and and just a small piece of it. I mean, we could keep going for two days probably with Brian, and hopefully you'll come back and we can talk about other things. Um, but I really appreciate absolutely you. yeah, I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate you being here. Um, I know that you you guys have a ton of resources that are available through um oh yeah. I know just go to daveyoho.com, d-a-v-e- yoh um, What else? Wh- wh- where can they see more of you? <clears throat> well, uh, right there on davioho.com, there's uh, uh,
2: some free stuff tab there. You can click there. You'll see some snippets of some videos. You can go to Brian Smith Training on YouTube. And there's, I don't know, a dozen uh, videos on there of uh, different topics from selling to sales management. And then there's recorded material that we sell um, on DaveYahoo.com. A a couple of my my favorites, uh, and yes, I am partial because I'm I'm on these. One is the science of in-home selling. This is for sales managers, salespeople on system selling. And then there is the science of successful sales management, which is a video series that is all about what we're talking about here. And it's not just me, but I also interview panels of very successful sales managers and their best practices that are on there. So Daveyaho.com, BrianNSmith.com, Brian Smith Training on YouTube. Um, you know, Brian, I just want to thank you very, so much for your time. I know we've been trying to do this for a while. It's been my fault, and thank you for your patience with me. Yeah, I of appreciate course. It.
1: Man. I, to have you is is. Uh... Look, I mean, the information that you provide is uh, is so valuable. I'll have you on any time, and you're you're definitely worth the wait, my friend. You're worth the wait. <laughs> <laughs> so thank, thank you. you, thank you, And me. to uh and to everybody uh, listening, um, lo- until next time. I hope you got a ton of value out of this. Uh, take Brian up on all those free resources that are available. And um, until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And uh, I'll see you next time. All right. So that's it for today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a new way? Did it spark an idea or ideas you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. To help you, the home improvement entrepreneur, regardless of where you are on the wealthy scale, get where you want to go. We want to provide you with the motivation, the confidence, the resources, and the tools so you too can live the life of the wealthy contractor. Now, the wealthy contractor is a place where it's okay for you to want it all. In fact, it's not only okay, it's encouraged. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing